And Oladipo wants it again. Approaching two minutes to play. With the left hand and authority. He will give it to Donald Brown. Donald fights his way. Now balls loose. Luck picks it up. And Luck scores. Andrew picked up the fumble and scores. Oladipo to win it. Another one. Welcome to the Circle City Sports Podcast. I am your host, Sam Sinclair, and with me is Zach. Zach, how are you doing today? Doing good, doing real good, Sam. Uh, really excited about tomorrow. Start a training yep. camp. Uh, that's, that's that's really what's on my yep. mind. That's uh, Christmas Day to a lot of diehard fans. Um, so to get kicked off on the podcast, a um, little bit of breaking news from the Pacers side of things. Uh, Justin Holiday, a 30-year-old uh, shooting guard, small forward, uh, 6'6 guy, uh, brother of Aaron Holiday, uh, Pacers guard. Uh, according to Shams of The Athletic and Yahoo.com, reached a one-year deal worth $4.8 million last Friday with the Indiana Pacers. Uh, Zach, what are your thoughts on the signing? Um, I like the signing. I do. Uh, sorry to start with that. Um, But um, I think it brings a brother and Aaron Holiday. I think the chemistry is obviously there growing up together. Uh, brings scoring off the bench, considering he had a career-high 30 points uh, this past season with the Grizzlies. So he's very capable of scoring. I think that was my big thing about our bench is where are we going to score at. So I think this helps. Um, and and if I was a brother, I, I would love to play with my brother. So I think that's awesome. He averaged 10.5 points last season. So I'm excited about the signing. I think it's kind of what we needed off the bench. Yeah, and that's what the big I'll piggyback off of what you said for the offense off the bench. I was almost concerned more about the defense coming off the bench. We're not going to have very well-known defenders coming off our bench this year like we had with Corey Joseph last year. Even Sabonis is a pretty good defender in the post. With Justin Holiday, he's almost your prototypical 3 and D guy. You know, he shoots a career 35% from three, and the last couple of years he shot over he shot over that percentage. So that's a good sign. Um, I know he's a guy that isn't afraid to shoot threes in games. He shoots around five to six, which – of course, that's when he was starting or he was, you know, more of a rotational guy. I think it's going to be interesting to see early on how his minutes are distributed. Um, it's going to be interesting. It's also going to be interesting to see throughout the season if he starts taking minutes from Doug McDermott because, you know, those guys are both going to fit the role of, hey, we need you out there to shoot threes. So it's almost going to be who's going to impact the game in other ways like passing and you know, playing defense and rebounding and stuff like that. So Justin Holiday could end up being our backup small forward once playoff time comes around. Um, another thing I heard was interesting how, how this could actually help Aaron Holiday's development because, you know, he's going to have his oldest brother on the team. So, you know, someone's going to be able to get up front with Aaron Holiday. They're going to be like, hey, you were playing bad. You need to step up. And that's probably someone they really didn't have on the Pacers already to get – Aaron Holiday's older brother, it, that could probably, you know, help Aaron Holiday's development coming up. So, but I like the signing a lot. It's going to be interesting to see. I don't see him being our third small forward playing like 
five to ten minutes a game and like sometimes not playing. I feel like he's going to be a key rotational piece. Of course, we still need a backup four. I can't see us going into the season with T.J. Leaf and Alizé Johnson, but I like the signing overall. And he's going to be the oldest player on our roster, which is kind of crazy with him being 30 years old. At 30. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can't say, though, my, my big concern now that I'm thinking about it is you're right. I think T.J. Leaf will be the backup four with Goga um, being the five. But then outside of that, I mean, you got Aaron Holiday, T.J. McConnell, Justin Holiday. You have um, Doug. Edmund Sumner, Doug, Doug McDermott. Yeah, so we're going to run into, I think, some issues where it's going to be whoever's playing the best is, is going to get those spots. and uh, We're going to be rather small in our back, in our, in our bench unit. You know, we're going to have McConnell and... Aaron Holiday, those guys are scratching six foot. You got Justin Holiday, if you if he's playing a three, he's only six six. TJ Leaf's only about six eight, six nine as a power forward. And of course Goga's NBA size, but outside yeah. of that, you know, you're not gonna have much size on your bench unit, which is gonna, you know, lack on defense. But if Goga turns out, I think our our second unit will be fine because that's what it comes down to. You need at least one Really good player coming off six man, if you would, and uh, so it's it's going to be interesting to see how our bench does. And then you have to think two and Oladipo comes back. Jeremy Lamb moves to the bench, adds another piece there. So we'll see um, if Doug's on the roster or Justin's on the on the roster uh, come January. I think that'll be interesting to see what they do with that. And even with uh, going a little bit off topic, even with um, Sabonis and Turner playing together, starting together, I feel almost that Nate McMillan might scatter their minutes together where. They're not always playing together on the court at the same time. You know, you'll see Sabonis playing a little bit without Turner, Turner the same without Sabonis. So you almost have three centers playing in the game at Sabonis, Turner, and Goga Batadze. So, yep. yeah, that's something I could see. You know, of course, they'll probably close together and start together. But throughout the game, you probably won't see a whole lot of time where they're together. unless unless like it has been. Yeah, unless, yeah. They've been, unless they play, like, really, really good. You know, it's beginning. Yep. And, and to kind of finish it off too, I think something that that's good to see is Justin Holiday played 82 games last year. Yeah, he has 31 minutes a game. Yeah. So if he seems healthy, uh, hope for that again this he's, year. But I think that's something to pay attention. Yeah, to. Yeah, you got Brent. You brought up a bring good point. He's played 82 games in two of the last three seasons, and even in 2017, where he missed some time, he only missed 10 games. Like if you're getting 70 games. Really, from any NBA player, almost at this at this time in the NBA, that's a major plus, really, especially with the load management and injuries and all that stuff. All right, couldn't agree more. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we will go into our main topic of this podcast. Me and Zach are going to talk about our th- our three players going into camp that we're most excited to see for the Indianapolis Colts, and of course, camp. You know, is in Westfield, Indiana, at Grand Park. Uh, hope to see some of you guys there, of course. Um, Zach, we will just let I'll let you go ahead and start. Uh, give us three players that you are most excited to see in camp this year, and why. First off, Indianapolis Colts football is back. Yes, it is. Uh, back in full swing starting tomorrow. I think uh, we mentioned earlier, practice will start at 2 p.m. Eastern for anybody interested in attending. Um, but I, I'm going to start out with um, my three favorites, three people that I'm more or less looking forward to seeing how they do at camp. I'm going to start with Justin Houston, Deion Kane, and what seems to be the fan favorite, Paris Campbell. 
Uh, I'll, we'll start with the we'll start with the veteran in Justin Houston. Obviously, the biggest free agent signing the Colts had this year, um, coming out of uh, Kansas City. Obviously, um, he nine sacks last year and an interception. Uh, it's going to be crucial to what we lacked as a defense last year, and that's pass rush. Uh, obviously, when Kenny Moore started rushing out of the corner spot, he was uh, making a difference there. But I'm excited to see how Justin Houston does. I'm always concerned with free agent signings because they work so well somewhere else. They may not work the same here. So uh, looking to see if uh, he obviously stays healthy in training camp. Um, and, and then just to kind of see how he does, how he meshes with the players, chemistry, uh, obviously be one of the defensive leaders out of this uh, prolific defense I like to look at. Um, and, and so just excited to see him. I was I was happy when we got him. He's a, a, a big fan of Chris Ballard and vice versa, obviously, for them to go after him. Um, so that is my number one guy and that I'm, I'm going to be looking I'm, forward I'll to. I'll butt in real quick. Houston can start off fast with the recent news of Taylor Lewan being suspended for four games and Russell Okun of the Chargers possibly not playing, you know, week one with his mental issues that we hope we hope we hope he gets over, of of course. But, you know, Justin Houston could start off fast. He could, you know, have, you know, four or five sacks in the first two weeks of the season. Well, and just to point that too, um, Melvin Gordon obviously holding out of training camp right now, looking for a deal. The Chargers said they're not even close to coming with one. So if, if the holdout continues, you're looking at um, Los Angeles Chargers having to pass more, which opens up more of a pass rush for Houston. So yep. you're talking about week one and two, really fast starts. Coming to week three, the first season opener at home um, with Justin Houston being a Colt, with Matt Ryan throwing 35 to 40 passes a game. So – he needs to start fast, and I think that he will start fast, and that's kind of my um, outlook on Justin Houston coming in. Next, I'll go to Deion Kane, which I know as any Colts fan, we're excited to see what he does. We were all excited last year reading articles, watching him. He uh, looked like he was going to be a huge piece to our team. Coming out of the seventh round two years ago in the draft due to some off-the-field troubles. So, uh, obviously tearing his ACL in a preseason game against the Seattle Seahawks. Um, that, that was obviously devastating for a Colts fan and for him, obviously. Um, but I'm excited to see how he does. They say he's moving along great. Um, there's an article, too, that Deion Kane was receiving praise from Chris Ballard already. So uh, I know that they've said the first uh, six to seven days players are going to start off slow, especially Deion Kane being one of those, especially to just have a limited time. Um, they said there was some research on the Colts and – the first six to seven days is where like 80% of our injuries come at training camp. So I hear they're going to start slow, but it's going to be a tough training camp. Uh, words from Chris Ballard. So I'm really excited to see Deion Kane. Uh, I, I think he's going to make the roster as long as he can get his skill set back after the ACL injury. So it would be exciting to see, especially come uh, the, the middle of training camp when they're really hitting it. And then last but not least, I'm going to go to Paris Campbell. Wide receiver, six foot. Out of Ohio State University, obviously. Um, coming out of the I'm, I'm round two, pick 59, um, kind of underlooked, but they said it's one of the biggest steals of the draft. Six foot tall, kind of the body style and speed of like a Wes Welker, Julian Edelman. Really the perfect fit, what the Colts, defense, or Colts offense needs with T.Y. Hilton on the out, uh, Funchess being 6'4". Then Paris Campbell being the small speedster. So I think it, the... If Paris Campbell pans out and what we're looking for here in training camp, I think our offense doesn't have a weak spot with Marlon Mack. Those three receivers, if Funches plays well, and then two, three, three really, I'm going to say, um, tight ends that could be a starter on almost any other team. You're talking about Andrew Luck having seven options 
throw with one of the best off, arguably the best offensive line in the NFL. So this offense is going to be huge. And I think Paris Campbell completes the offense as a whole. I still think we're going to be very dangerous without Campbell if something were to happen or he doesn't pan out. But if he does, it brings us to the top. Um, really makes the Super Bowl contenders. And I'm really excited to see how he does on the field with his speed and, and uh, where they use him for this offense. Yeah. Um, and we saw the um, the video from Colt, from Colts Productions of Kane's comeback, and I think that just even hyping, hyped more of Kane's return just because we saw the athletic ability and the big playability that he can produce at receiver. We saw it in training camp and then preseason, you know, not even one quarter in of his debut and tears his ACL. I thought even even though the injury wasn't the best for him, I thought it was good because, you know, it got him a chance to gain some strength because, you know, he, he saw him last year. He was a pretty he was a pretty thin receiver. To be, you know, 6'3", you know, you got to be up in the 220, 230 range like Devin Funches is, and Kane's almost down to like 210. So he needed to add the weight, and I know I've heard Ballard say that he has been adding the weight, so that's that's good too. It's good. And I'll – yeah, go ahead. Go I ahead. was just going to say uh, – this is going to be interesting to see if Kane still has that explosiveness. Uh, I'd also like to see if he gets that first-team reps, um, especially early on with the team not going as fast as you mentioned. Uh, that'll be interesting to see as well. And I hope this isn't true. Um, kind of like one of my hard takes, I seem to make these at least once an episode here, is um, if, if Funches doesn't pan out, because now he has no excuse. Cam Newton could run a little bit, you know, and, and had on and off time, games, it seemed like. If Andrew Luck's consistent and Funches still can't get it going, watch for Deion Kane to take that spot from Funches as a number two option yeah. uh, on this offense. On top of that, too, I will go with one more thing, and that's Paris Campbell wearing the number 15. The last wide receiver we drafted wearing the number 15 is don't, Philip don't, Dorsett. I'm about to say, don't say it. So, um, you know, just a, a fun fact, I guess. I don't think it'll pan out to be the same thing, uh, kind of the same sort of players, but hoping Paris Campbell is uh, is much better. And um, I think that does it for me on my three players to watch at training camp. Obviously, there's a lot more, but these are the three top ones I'm going to watch, and uh, I'm, I'm very excited for training camp and, and the season to get on Yeah, the you can almost pick, like, 20 players that you could be interested to watch just because of all the rookies and guys come back from injury or – you know, free agent signings. Um, you know, like you said, um, it's going to be interesting to see how Kane does in camp. Um, and, of course, Paris Campbell. Uh, also, your hot take was probably not as hot as last as the last episode. So, um, I'm going to tell you this right now, Sam. I'm sticking to it. The 2018-2019 Colts are the deepest team that I remember in my lifestyle when I was born in 1992. And the reason I'm going to say that real quick, just for anybody that was curious on that, is we know how good the 2005-2006 Colts were. We do. We don't know yet how this Colts team, as I'm looking strictly off paper, I think um, I think we have a better roster than we did then, going off strictly paper. But come back to me in February after we win the Super Bowl, and uh, we'll see if they pan out just like they are. But deepest, and I say deepest, I'm talking starters and backups. I can't find a weak spot on this Colts team. Yeah, but I can agree with you somewhat. I, I think the offense in the early 2000s was a little bit better. Um, was a little bit better, uh, more talented. While the defense, you, know, you, you could make a discussion there. But back to the guys we're excited to see for this year's Colts. Uh, Paris, Paris Campbell is by far, he's, he, he wasn't a guy that made my list cause we were going to go with different players, but Campbell is just another guy I want to see on a field 
with my own eyes. I want to see his speed. I want to see how I want to see how fast he really is in person. That's something I'm gonna be very interested to see. Of course, uh, if you guys haven't seen my personal Twitter page, I just actually went to Ukesol Stadium on a tour uh, with one of my good friends and went to the pro shop and got a Paris Campbell jersey. And if you know me personally, I don't get rookie jerseys. I don't because I don't know how they're gonna pan out or anything. But that's how excited I am to see Paris Campbell this year in a Colts uniform. So we'll go to my list. Um, I got two rookies myself. I got Ben Bonogo. I got Bobby Okariki, two D, two linebackers-ish. And then I've actually got a competition as my third one. And I'm interested to see the battle between Rocky Sin and Quincy Wilson for that outside corner spot. Um, I'll start with Ben Bonogo first. I watched about five games worth of film on him, so I'm just like super, super into Ben and anything he does on the football field. Uh, one one thing I'm excited to see is where he's gonna line up. Like he can line up outside, he can line up as a DN, he could probably line up inside if he wanted to, and line up on a linebacker. And I want to see what he does on every play. I just want to see every situation where he's gonna line up. And even when I go to camp, when I watch him, I probably still won't know every every situation where he's going to line up because there's just so many different ways and so many different, you know, situations that the Colts could run where they could use Bonogo to his strengths. But it's going to be interesting to see. He said he was working out Robert Mathis for about a week and a half or so uh, in Westfield on pass rushing. So I'm going to be interested to see if the Colts just primarily use him as a DN instead of a linebacker. I think that would be best for him to just play DN right now. Worry about making the linebacker switch possibly maybe next year or in two years down the road when he's really fully developed his DN game. And of course, uh, the other rookie I have on here on my list is Bobby Okariki. That's another guy I've watched a little bit of film on. And I'm just interested to see how he looks in space and pass coverage because he was one of the better pass coverage linebackers coming into the draft. And I don't think he's going to be out Anthony Walker for the starting spot, but it's going to be interesting to see how he does at the Mike linebacker spot. And I think the Colts and the and Okariki both think that he could play all three linebacker spots. So that's going to be interesting to see if he plays all three linebacker spots. Um, I think our best linebacking core, if we're running the base defense, is going to be Darius Leonard, Anthony Walker, and Bobby Okariki. And you know, a lot of the a lot of the Okariki. Pro comparison was to Darius Leonard because of the arm length and athleticism. So it's going to be very interesting to see how he looks on the field. And I'd like to see him play a lot against the first team. I think early on he probably won't play a lot against the first team. It'll mostly be second team work. But over time during training camp, I'd like to see him against the first team and see what plays he makes. Of course, we got to remember Darius Leonard last year, first day of camp, what did he do? He picked off Andrew Luck. And we were like, oh, wow. Picked off Andrew Lane. Yeah. Yes, and we were like, wow, look at this rookie. And then he goes out and wins Defensive Rookie of the Year. So it's just going to be interesting to see what Okariki does. I'd like to see him make plays against that number one, the number one offense. And I guess number one offense is the teams we're going to play in the preseason. So, And then, of course, my final one, uh, position battle. The, out, the number two, I'll say the number two. The number two outside cornerback position right now, it's being held by Quincy Wilson. Had a fairly decent year last year. Had an interception against Dallas. Had about 28 tackles. Um, was in and out of the starting lineup. Also, had, it was had a nagging injury throughout the whole year. I want to say he had a hand injury, if I'm correct. But yeah, yeah, it's something like that. I 
I do remember that. But yeah, it's just gonna be. And of course, the Colts traded back, and they had high, high, high praise on Rocky Sin. So it's gonna be interesting. I haven't watched a bunch on Rocky Sin. I know he's a very physical, big corner that loves to use the sand. He's an unreal athlete. Yeah. Just, just simple. His body type, uh, physique is is next level. Yeah, I've, and uh, I think that's what sticks out the most to me. He's physical. Yeah, that's that's the one thing I've seen on his Instagram posts where you know he literally earns his his nickname. His first name is Rock because he is built like a rock almost. Like he is stone cut. Like it's crazy that he looks like that he is an NFL corner. So it's gonna be interesting to see. Of course, I'd like to see Yusin and Wilson both get first-team reps at the same time. It's going to be interesting to see who wins that battle. I think Wilson personally will win out that battle early on. But, you know, Yusin could very easily push for that number two cornerback spot. You don't spend a second-round pick on a corner just for him to sit on the bench or to play special teams. You draft him because he's a talented guy. And he's gonna fit your scheme. Scheme, of course. The Colts around the zone, zone coverage. Tampa two look, and Yasin played primarily man to man in Temple. So I think the reason if Yasin doesn't play a lot as the tw- the number two corner and number one in the number one defense, is because he's still not learning our zone schemes. Yeah, and. Uh, in- the thing, too, real quick on top of that is Quincy Wilson seems to always play well in camp. But then he also seems to fall off kind of midseason. And uh, that could have been with Chris Bow- or, um Sorry. Chuck Pagano. Uh, I, Chuck Pagano, thank you. Uh, could have been with them. And obviously I had new coaching staff, and he, he seemed to do better uh, last year. Well, one thing but, um, that was very important to him last year when we signed Mike Mitchell is he showed him how to watch film. So it's going to be very interesting to see if he brought that over to off season and if it's going to translate to training camp and early season success and for him to stay at the same consistent level than you know being up and down up and down all year yeah yeah i know i totally agree i totally agree and uh it's just it's a lot of work and it didn't seem like uh quincy wilson had that so i mean that's the thing about mike mitchell is he played well for us but what people don't understand is what he did off the field so i think that's huge um but i do think rocky sin is going to get minutes week one, and uh, I think they'll just increase him there. I think he's that good of an athlete. So it's gonna be interesting because I know the Colts love to use Wilson inside in the um, in the sub packages against tight ends. So maybe Yasin ends up playing outside, so you have Kenny Moore as your slot corner, and then uh, Quincy Wilson as your tight end guy or your running back, you know, guy that you cover almost as like another sub linebacker. And then you have Yasin and Dazir, two big body corners on the outside. I know Ballard and Matt Eberflus want to play a lot more, a lot more straight man-to-man coverage. So it's going to be. Well, I guess we'll see in camp. It's a lot of. We got to see this at camp before it happens. So that's it's. I think that's why camp is so exciting. You know, we finally get to see this team that we haven't seen since beginning of January, with about ten. The 12 new contributors that are going to play major minutes for the team this year. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Sam. And so we'll go into our final thoughts. Zach, go ahead. Um, you've kind of heard my take on, on the, this Colts team. Um, hearing about the Melvin Gordon news is huge, again, like I said, because I'm, I'm looking into – I know a little bit ahead of training camp here, but I'm looking into – 
a week one matchup where they may not have their best player on the team. Week two without Taylor Lewan in Tennessee where Andrew Luck just kills him. And then week three, the home opener. Um, so I'm really looking forward to this team. The big thing I'm looking at here, and this kind of be my last thought on this team, is injuries. I always have this fear going into training camp of who's going to get injured. There's always seems to be a big name that gets injured that can't start the season. Um, so I would do anything just to have a healthy team going into week one of the regular season, and, and I just I can't wait. Yep. Um, I may say this, and I think m many Colts fans may say this all the time, and I know most fans do, but this is probably the most excited I've ever been for a football season um, that I can remember. For, yeah. So agreed. with that, um, go Colts. Um, I can't wait to see what they look like, and uh, go Blue. Yeah, I have to agree with you on the injuries. I know I'm a little bit worried, and Colts fans in general should be worried because we haven't had the best luck. But my final thoughts, we have to – if you haven't been keeping up on social media, you'll notice that Quentin Nelson's been hanging out a lot with Terry Lewan this offseason. So with Taylor Lewan being suspended for the substance he used, I can't remember what exactly he used. But we have to watch Quentin Nelson. We have to make sure he, didn't get, he doesn't get suspended or he – didn't use that substance as well because they were hanging out a lot this offseason. And I think Quentin Nelson, he's a smart guy. He's from Notre Dame. You know, he's he, he went to a Catholic school in high school. He's a smart guy. He's He probably did, he probably didn't do it, but that's just something we have to worry about early on. But of course, I couldn't imagine it. Yeah, I couldn't. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. either, but it's just something you guys you have to think You're in the right. back of your head. Just something that I'm going to worry about. But, of course, camp – starts very soon guys uh preseason is about to start up and of course if you guys haven't heard in the first episode we have our own merch store now uh we have crew necks hoodies phone cases and a lot more stuff i uh, just go to teespring sport teespring.com slash store slash circle city sports podcast uh, and i'll have the link in the description of the episode uh you can get merch there um use the promo code camp that's c-a-m-p uh, you get ten dollars off your entire order. That promo code is going to be good till March Monday, the 29th. Um, of course, we hope you guys buy some merch. You guys, we hope you guys continue to listen to this podcast. And any returning listeners, we really appreciate you guys sticking along with us. Uh, we're going to start having a lot, a lot more podcasts coming out soon. Now that the season is basically officially a starting now with training camp underway and uh, preseason games are just about two weeks away. So. We hope you guys have a great rest of the day, and go Colts.